Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget, you can always learn more about our program and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, I'm privileged to have a guest named Massimo Mazzucco. He is a filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist. Massimo is an award-winning Italian filmmaker who has lately turned to documentaries in digital format. He's known especially for his research on 9-11. Some of Massimo Mazzucco's films are September 11, The New Pearl Harbor, The New American Century, The Second Dallas, Cancer, The Forbidden Cures, UFOs in the Military Elite, and the True History of Marijuana. He's currently working on a new project called American Moon Documentary, and it's about the so-called moon hoax debate and almost 50-year-long discussion on whether or not the Apollo missions really went or not. So today we're going to discuss this latest project with him and ask him just what led him to do this kind of work. So if you will help me welcome Massimo Mazzucco. How are you doing today, Massimo? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Angeline. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. So, Massimo, what I want to start out with was we know that you've been making documentary films, but what in particular put you on this track to do different conspiracy theory type films? Well, uh, the first documentary I made was about September 11. In uh, 2001, I was living in the States. Uh, right after September 11, I became interested in what the, the, the alternative theories uh, were circulating on the internet, the so-called uh, uh, inside job theory, and I quickly found out that there were so many with the official version of September 11 that I decided I would look into it more in depth. It turned out I, I made a documentary uh, for Italian television and uh, it was completed in 2006 and it was pretty much the equivalent of uh, loose change in America. The difference is that it was broadcast, believe it or not, on prime time on Italian television on, in 2006 and it caused, of course, a major scandal and it opened up a whole discussion on the mainstream media in Italy. I think Italy to this date is the only country that has discussed openly September 11 and the alternative theory in, in, in the last 15 years because of that. Uh, after that I made two more films on, on September 11. One was called The New American Century which is um, about the, the background, about the neocons and the, who is possibly truly behind the 9-11 attacks, so the political aspect of it not the technical one. And then finally I decided that because of the controversy and the discussion and the debate on September 11 had become so big in the last, uh, in let's say from 2006 to 2010, I decided that a film was needed that would uh, comprehend both, all, all the positions, both from those who claim, that, uh, sorry, uh, both from those who reject the official version, so the alternative theory, and those who defended the so-called the bunkers or the official theorists. And I compare, and I made a new film called uh, September 11, The New Pearl Harbor. By the way, all my films are available for free uh, on, the, on, the, on YouTube. 
You can also purchase a DVD if you like, but that's uh, complimentary. You can you can see them for free, all of them. And uh, in this, this is a five-hour-long five documentary called September 11 in Newport Harbor, in which I present practically all the major issues ever presented against the official version, all the answers presented by the debunkers in defense of the official version, and the reasons why I believe that those answers are not valid. Therefore, there are at least 50 good questions that remain open and remain to be answered. Now, in the process of studying and researching 9-11 so in-depth, of course, I came across multiple connections uh, of the so-called uh, uh, military-industrial complex, and you can find the connections, for example, with the pharmaceutical industry. And that led me to make another documentary called Cancer the Forbidden Cures. It's a documentary that uh, pretty much recaps all the most important natural alternative cures on cancer that have been found in the last 100 years and that have been either suppressed, distorted, or sometimes the, the doctors have even, even been killed uh, because those natural uh, uh, solutions appear not, they're not appealing for the pharmaceutical industry, of course. I also made another one, which derived from the cancer one, which is called uh, marijuana, uh, the, the true history of marijuana, which explains how the problem of marijuana has very, very little to do with the drug aspect of the weed, and most everything to do with the industrial aspect of the weed. So basically, once you start, <laughs> once you get this disease of, of looking for the truth and looking to expose the official lies of history, the one of the moon, which I'm working on now, came quite naturally. On top of the fact that I believe this is one of the biggest lies of history, probably the single biggest lie ever told to the world, if it turned out to be a lie, of course, because a half a billion people watched that show on that uh, faith night in 1969, and, and a half billion people were convinced they were looking at an actual broadcast from the moon. The reason why brought me to that, and the reason why I'm so convinced mostly of the uh, falsehood of that story, is the fact that in my life I was, I have been for more than 30 years, a professional photographer. So mind you, for example, I was born in July 20, 1954. So not only on the day of the moon landing was I having my birthday, that was my 15th birthday, but I also on that night I kissed the first girl in my life. So for me, that landing on the moon landing was like a sign of the gods that, of course, the whole universe was about me, and I was so important, and I, I connected two very strongly together. Until one day, as I said, I became a professional photographer, and I bumped into the lunar pictures much later on, and immediately I, I saw how wrong they are, and how, how fake they are, and how badly that job was actually done. Now, of course, the problem is that being a professional photographer, it's easy for you to tell immediately. Just like an expert in painting can tell you fake Rembrandt from a true Rembrandt in a moment. But if you show me a fake Rembrandt and a true Rembrandt, I cannot tell the difference. To me, it's all the same. You can sell me the fake one for the real one, and I will buy it. So the real problem for me in this film that I'm making is to show those to those who are not professional photographers why the photography shows that the pictures were taken in the studio and not on a open landscape like the moon. So basically, to answer your question, is one thing led to another. And once you get this uh, disease, as I call it in a, in a nice way, to find out the truth on what you consider to be the greatest lies of history, you just go one after the other and after the other and after the other.
And I don't think I can stop at this point. I will keep going until I find more lies that I try I can expose. So if someone says to you, well, even if we didn't go at this point in time, what difference does it make? Why should we care about this issue? What would you say to that type of uh, response? It, it is a very fair question. I mean, 9-11 is relatively recent. The cancer cures are every day's problem for many, many people in the world. The cannabis is current problem for industry in the world. And the moon landings, if they took place, took place 50 years ago, if the hoax was then, who cares, really could be a, a good point. There are, in fact, two good reasons why I think it matters a lot. Number one is, if we did not go to the moon, the government has to explain what happened to the more than $30 billion of then, which is $150 billion of today, that were paid by the taxpayers to go to the moon. In other words, that, that money must have those missions must have been used as a cover for something else, and we, I think we should know even today. And the second one is that they're coming back for more money for the new trips to, quote-unquote, going to Mars. So we are just about to face another long period of uh, government asking the taxpayers to support extremely expensive missions. And if we are going to put out any more money for the new missions, I think we owe, we are owed the truth about the old ones, because I don't think it's fair with all the problems that we have down here in the States and on Earth, and uh, with the shortage of money that most people suffer from, that money is literally stolen from the pockets of the taxpayers and given to the big aeronautical and uh, corporations. So I think that, and thirdly, and possibly the most important, is that we need to know whether our governments lie to us or not in order for them not to lie, us, not to, lie to us in the future again. And this is for every single issue that I I have uh, tackled. Uh, If they lied us about cancer, and if they know that there are cures, but they don't make them available to us just because maybe they cannot make money from it. If it's true that they lied to us about 9-11, if it's true that they lied to us about the moon, we better know that, because we should learn and be more careful and possibly not be lied to again in the future. I think there's three enough good reasons to find out exactly what happened with the moon landings 50 years ago. So then we're definitely questioning uh, NASA's credibility. And if it is, in fact, in the trash bin, based on some of the things that you found, and we can talk more about specifics, what you found that put that question in your mind. You know what I've noticed is this year all the press and stories and pictures about Mars, and they really seem to be pushing Mars in the media. Now, I'm no photographer, but when I saw those pictures of Mars, to me they were laughable. They look like a desert in Arizona. I was just wondering, from your perspective, what you thought or if if you've seen any of those pictures I'm talking about. Yes, I did look at the pictures, quote-unquote, from Mars. I have to tell you, if they come from Mars, they come from a place that's very, very, very similar to Earth, uh, especially the colors. Uh, all the pictures that we get are colored in, with a red filter, but there are details that tell you that the actual colors are very much similar to those on Earth. So either Mars is not, quote-unquote, the red planet that we're told it is, or something is not right, you know. Uh, again, I've not studied the Mars thing so much, but I agree with you that there is a major push the media about Mars. So it's obvious that new requests for big 
big um, chunks of money being devoted to space research. Now, you're, you're right, Massimo. I mean, this, this goes back to what you said about them asking for yet more money. If everybody thinks that we're doing these things to now go to Mars, that would be a perfect... You know, here we need more money now. We're doing this project. So what are some it's of the... Perf- sp- I'm sorry? No, I, I just wanted to say it would be the perfect excuse. Exactly. exactly. So we need to know what the first one went by, went by before we, we, we get into a new adventure like this one. Right. Now, so specifically, what were some of these photographic things that you saw that you were, you were questioning? Let me put it this way. Um... I used to work for a very a rather famous uh, international photographer who taught me about everything that I know. His name is Oliviero Toscani. He's done worldwide campaigns for Benetton and for many other companies. Uh, I used to work for him when I was younger. Uh, I'm 60 years old now. When I was in my 20s, I was his assistant. I actually happened to hear from him a few months ago, and I asked him, I said, uh, Toscani, what, what did you think in your life when you saw the moon pictures for the first time? And he said to me, I thought that if they had given it to me, I would have done a much better job. <laughs> uh, this tells you how for a professional, there is no doubt whatsoever that those pictures are taken in the studio in, on Earth. Again, the problem is to show it to the general public. And there have been several films already that tackle this, but I don't think that any of them has gone to that point where the, the what do you call it, uh, the, the layman, the layperson, can actually see the problem. They hear that there is a problem with the shadows, with the lighting, with the reflections, with the backlight and all that, but they don't really size the problem in it, and they cannot, they would not be able to repeat it to someone else. The way I plan to do it is really not, I don't have really any new discoveries, I just want to go much deeper into the arguments that have been brought up so far and explain why they actually are incontrovertible. Uh, you, you cannot uh, refute those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it's been done so far, it leaves always the door open for a debunker to say, oh yeah, but this is because the sand reflects the light or this and this and that. Now, of course, in the process of studying these materials, I also have made a new, some new findings, which I find very interesting. but. If you'll allow me, I will keep them, and I will show them when, when the film is ready. Uh, for example, I have found at least four situations in which you can see uh, the American flag waving or moving without anybody touching it. For example, the, 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 this is a, has always been the main argument. Oh, the flag waves, it shouldn't wave. But every time that we saw the flag waving was actually being touched, by the astronauts, so you couldn't really tell whether it's waving from the air or because the astronaut is touching the, the, the stick. Uh, I have found at least four places in which the astronauts are completely far away, and yet this flag suddenly moves on by its own. This is a definite definite proof, for example, that there is air moving the, the flag, therefore we are on Earth, not on the moon. In terms of photography in particular, uh, some things need to be explained before you can actually prove a point. So most of the arguments, as I said, are known arguments. And there are also, and this, this uh, I must be very, I want to be very um, precise about it. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But there are also some arguments, unfortunately, that have been made in the past for the photography aspect, which are wrong. And they have caused a major damage 
to those who uh, criticize and those who are skeptic about the moon landings, because the false arguments can be easily debunked, and therefore it seems like we have no, no, no reasons to keep our positions. I will give you one example which is very famous. It was, unfortunately, um, Bill Casing, the first person who ever wrote a book uh, called uh, We Never Wanted the Moon, in 1976, I believe. He noticed that there were no stars in the sky in the moon, on the moon, and therefore he concluded that this was a studio. Now, it could be a studio, but it is, in fact, it is absolutely correct that you would not see any stars in those pictures because of the kind of film used and the kind of exposure used in those particular shots, you would not be able to see stars anyway. But the false argument that you should be stars and therefore the pictures are fake has been easily debunked by those who are intellectually honest people, like I myself debunked that argument. And it, it gives the idea that, um, that the arguments by the moon hoaxers, so-called moon hoaxers, are not valid. That particular argument is not valid. But there are many that are absolutely valid that are not uh, refutable. This is uh, what I will try to do. So I'll work both ways. I will I'll try to clarify, thanks to my experience as a professional photographer, I'll try to clarify both what the arguments are, the valid arguments are, and why are they totally valid, and the ones that unfortunately are not, and therefore we must put aside. In order to do this, I don't plan to, I don't hope, I don't expect people to just take my word for it, of course. Although I have been a professional for many years, uh, I will go and interview people from the same era, whom I'm, fortunately most of them I know from the time because I used to work as an assistant for them in the 70s and 80s, is the people who, whom I learned the business from. And I will ask them directly uh, to judge the pictures. And I want to show those reactions on film. And these people, most of them have no idea that the moon hoax was actually a moon hoax, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that the trips were fake. And I've already done a couple of tests, as I said, with a couple of photographers who believed on in full honesty that we did go to the moon. And I said to them, okay, well, can I show you the pictures anyway? And you realize when they see them that they never looked at those pictures with a professional eye. And as soon as they see them, like I did the first time as a photographer, they go, oh my God, oh, look at, oh my, and they're disgusted by the mistakes and by the clues that you can find in them that actually tell you that the pictures are taken uh, with artificial light in a studio and not with the sunlight on the surface of the moon. Mm -hmm. So I count on that mostly to, um, to prove my point, not only on my own expertise, of course. Okay, Massimo, we're going to take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Massimo Mazzucco, filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist. We're discussing his latest film project, American Moon Documentary. We'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. 
That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 800-965-1291-800-965-1291-800-965-1291. You can control your health care with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is an alternative to expensive health insurance. You can finally make the right decisions for you and your family. It's not insurance. It's medical cost sharing. You can affordably control the cost of your medical expenses. It's a group of individuals effectively sharing the cost of health care and paying far less for it. You don't even have to pay for procedures that are unnecessary or that violate your conscience. This is based on shared values. You are not alone. With Liberty Health Share, you're part of something bigger, a group of people who care for and support one another. Join the movement of people who share in medical costs and change the way you pay for your health care forever. It's simple and easy. Call 1-800-714-6993 right now for more information. Or visit LibertyOnCall.com. Get a free estimate today. Liberty HealthShare. There is an answer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Massimo Mazzucco. He's a filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist, and we're discussing his latest project called American Moon Documentary. So, Massimo, if the Apollo mission was faked, because I remember, well, I don't remember. I I was born in 64, but when I look at old footage of JFK talking about the space race. It, it just seemed like that was the thing to do back then. They were all saying that we had to be the first. So if it was faked, my question is, do you think the, because there was other countries that were, you know, wanting to do this as well. Do you think those other other countries and world leaders are aware that this whole thing was faked? If it was? Most likely they are. In fact, uh, I have to say, I've I've done also my research on the uh, so-called race to the moon. And I found that while we are all, we've all been told that there was this incredible competition between the states and and the Soviets, therefore we had to make it just in time, just before them. In fact, I found that by 1966, the Soviets had given up completely because they probably realized it was not possible. So you started the so-called race to the moon with a big advantage for the Russians. When Kennedy made his announcement, they already had uh, uh, a man in orbit, uh, the Russian, the Soviets had, uh, Yuri Gagarin. And all the United States was able to do by then was to put an astronaut in suborbital, which is basically shooting somebody up in a, in a bottle, in a cork, and a champagne cork, and, and come back, and it was Alan Shepard. So by then, we, we started, the we, United States started off with a big disadvantage, and yet, for some reason, uh, they won the race, the uh, United States won the race. The, the truth is that, very quickly, the Russians realized that it was not possible. 
In fact, there is a very, very interesting ex exchange. See, we're all shown that famous speech by Kennedy that says, we'll put a man on the moon by the end of the decade and bring him back alive or safe or whatever he says. But many few people know that only one year later or two years later, directly from the United Nations, um, uh, Kennedy launched an, an appeal, so to speak, to, to the Russians to go together. He said, maybe we should do things together. We shouldn't just, you know, fight each other off. And the answer by Nikita Khrushchev one month later came, we're talking about 1963, and he said with a very good uh, sense of humor, he said, uh, we understand that the Americans intend to go to the moon. We are not willing now to um, uh, engage in projects that uh, sound risky and uh, very difficult. We wish them good luck. We, we, we will watch certainly from close how they will go there, how they will land, and most interestingly, even it's how they will come back, meaning it was to them, it was not possible. The reasons why, of course, were known to everybody. So to answer your question, yes, they knew very well that it was impossible. So then follows another typical question, which is, why then didn't the Russians, or sorry, the Soviets, uh, expose the fact that the United States did not really go to the moon? Why did they let them get away with it? Mm -hmm. there, are, there are at least three, I'm going to name two, but there are at least three good reasons why they did not. Uh, the first one is that nobody would have believed them. Just imagine, uh, you lose the race to the moon and you accuse the other guy of cheating. It's like in those dictators in, 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 in the third world who lose the elections and uh, they, they come up the next day and says, oh, you know, you guys cheated on the election. Yeah, 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 it's a sour loser. You, you, a half a billion people watch that live on TV. So for a rush for a Soviet to come out the next day and says it wasn't real, they would have really, they would have laughed at them, okay? The real reason, though, was much more deep and much more interesting. Even as the Apollo missions were progressing, the uh, secret agreements, which then became public between the United States and the Soviets for the joint Apollo-Soyuz missions were already on the way. There was talks about big, big technological exchanges big exchanges of money and investments and the project in fact was the seed of what later and now has become the international space station uh, for the russians to 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 accuse the united states of having lied on the moon would have me would have meant to also destroy all the possibility for those future joint projects in which of course the soviets were very interested and they did and and they did pursue in fact all the way and by 1975, so only three years later, the Apollo-Soyuz missions were a success. And as I said, they paved the way for the International Space Station. So we wouldn't have any of that if the Russians have, have tried to, to blow the whistle. But again, who would have believed them then? They don't believe serious researchers today who bring proof that we did not go to the moon. Why would they, anybody uh, believe those who have just lost the race to the moon? Obviously, it would have made no sense for them at all. They simply had to swallow it and go on and live with it. Now, in the 60s, there was a lot of TV programs geared towards space, you know, one of the biggest, of course, being Star Trek. Now, do you think all of this programming was to program the people to give them the buy-in to the space race? Do you think TV programs like that were instrumental in that? Absolutely, they were. Absolutely, they were. In fact, uh, Walt Disney had already started in the late 50s uh, to show 
uh, space films before, of course, uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, Space Odyssey, which came out in 68. But even before that, there were already uh, a lot of fiction films in which things that later became a reality, like the spacewalks, for example, uh, were shown. Of course, they were a little crude. They were a little uh, not so technically perfect. But they gave you the idea. So with the actual new things, the, the actual things, the, the things that actually happened, people were ready to accept them because they had already seen it in fiction. And I think that the very uh, film by Stanley Kubrick, which came out one year before uh, the Apollo missions, 68, it was a very, very important instrument to prepare the people to accept that kind of uh, images, those kind of images as reality. If they had just come out of the blue, maybe, and suddenly you interrupt a, a football game and suddenly you see people on the moon, people would have said, what? But that way, it was prepared very well. And I think it's part of it. In fact, I'd say it was prepared so well, and it was so much anticipated, that when, I believe it happened in 67, when NASA realized that they actually could not make it in time to the moon, they had to fake it. They had no other option. That would have looked ridiculous after all the... Uh, we would go to the moon, trumpeteering, that had been going on for almost 10 years, it could not have been possible for them to just say, oops, sorry, we miscalculated our possibilities, we cannot do that. So they had to fake it. It was the only possible solution. It was risky. It was well done for the times. Unfortunately for them, they could not predict the Internet. So you could get away with a lie like that in the 60s and 70s when researchers could only get three, four, five pictures from NASA and they would have to wait like 16, 18 months before they could get a copy of a picture and then analyzing it. Now with the internet, NASA has placed online all the original uh, scans of all the pictures from the six lunar missions and in particular also all the footage, the television footage that was shot then and in that television footage you find so many things that are wrong and show you that you are on Earth in the studio and not on the moon. As I said, the, the, the flags waving are only one example. But there are other examples. The impossibility, for example, to broadcast live from the moon, as they said they did, it's clearly shown in a few places where it just could not be working, and yet they tell you that it's working. So what was good a lie in the 60s and 70s, and you could it could hold up, it became impossible to defend, I believe, with the advent of the internet. And this is why we're here today talking about this. Mm -hmm. I would not be making this film had I not had access to all the pictures. See, when you have all the material and you have all the pictures from each role of each mission, you can triangulate, you can compare, you can see the problem from one shot to another, the continuity that's, that's missing and all that. When you only had four or five pictures altogether, it was very difficult. And that's why I, I, I said before, I don't mean to throw any of the earlier researchers under the bus, they simply made mistakes because they did not have all the technology available that we have today. Okay, Massimo, we're going to take our second break. Listeners, today my guest is Massimo Mazzucco, filmmaker, screenwriter, journalist, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? 
Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 855-371-FAST. 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 855-371-3278. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 800-430-4147 One more time, 800-430-4147 Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show today. My guest is Massimo Mazzucco, filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist, and we're discussing his latest film project called American Moon Documentary. So, Massimo, if they didn't go to the moon, there would have wouldn't wouldn't there have had to been a lot of people in on this first and format first and foremost the astronauts, Na- some NASA employees. Wouldn't they all have to be in on this? Because I would think this is one of the primary questions you would get. Yes, it is also one of the most common arguments brought forth by the, the bunkers, those who defend the official version. Oh, if they had such a hoax, uh, so many people were, would have had to be involved that somebody would have spilled the beans. In fact, I believe that the very first people who were tricked into believing that we went to the moon are the, the very same people that you see cheering in the NASA mission control room when they all think that we landed on the moon. What I think happened is very simple. Uh, you don't need to tell 99.9% of those people. The project goes on as it was planned to be all the way from the beginning. Everybody's doing their part. Um, in fact, if you watch a movie called uh, Capricorn One, which uh, denounces basically that uh, the, the, the moon landings were faked, even though they, they're going to Mars in that moon, in that film, but it's obviously the moon landing. Uh, one guy realizes that something is wrong and goes to a superior. And the superior says, you don't need to worry about this. You do your own job, look at your console, and don't, don't worry yourself with anything else. The, the, the work is very compartmentalized. In NASA, in, and more in general, in all the agencies in America, in the, in the United States, not everybody needs to know. 
uh, only a few people need to know and somebody of course needs to prepare those images uh, from the studio and of course the astronauts have to be uh, no, have to be uh, told at some point that they're not going to the moon. But the one, the story with the astronauts is actually very interesting because uh, these people were certainly uh, people who have a lot of pride, a lot of sense of what is right and what is wrong. I mean, I can have a, I have a big problem seeing a military man uh, like from the Navy or, or the U.S. Army um, or Air Force uh, becoming a liar. They must have endured a very, very harsh time. And in fact, if you look at the lives, for example, of the three astronauts that allegedly went to the moon, it's a very strange life that they led afterwards. Each of them, just think of this, each of them, Armstrong, Aldrin, and Collins, the first three, each of them left NASA even before the Apollo mission program was completed. So by 72, they had all gone. They, you know, instead of staying in and probably getting a higher position and a very respected uh, position for the rest of their life, they all decided to leave NASA. Um, Armstrong, Armstrong became very seclusive. He rarely, he gave him only a couple of interviews and then he secluded. It was impossible to find. He didn't want to talk to the press, never want to talk to anybody. Even when there was like, for example, the 40th anniversary of the moon landing, they tried to get him back and he didn't want to come back. He didn't want to be part of that. Um, Aldrin became alcoholic and, and a drug addict for a long period of time. He had to go into rehab. I mean, what kind of consequence is that? If you have been on the moon and you have one of the most successful human beings whoever, who has ever walked on Earth, why in heaven would you become such a, a derelict, such a person who is totally, obviously, uh, uh, overwhelmed by their personal problems? Uh, also, there has been um, behaviors from them, from the other astronauts that allegedly have gone to the moon. For example, there's one documentary by, by Bart Cibrell, filmmaker, who chased down each and every one of these astronauts who allegedly went to the moon and asked them to simply swear on the Bible that they had gone to the moon. And none of them did, except one or two who first said that they don't believe in the Bible, then they swore. But most of them run away. They don't want to swear on it. Even Armstrong was even offered $5,000 to give in charity if he would swear on the Bible he had gone to the moon. So I don't see why not doing that, but he refused to do that. Mm -hmm. So yes, to answer your question, quite a few, very few people had to be in. Those who were in, of course, are obliged to secrecy, and that includes the astronauts, whom I believe are the biggest victims to this day of this whole scam. In your research, have you come across anything on the Van Allen radiation belt? I always wondered how do they explain that the astronauts got through this thing without being harmed. Do you know anything about that? Well, not only do I know about that, but I have a very, very interesting um, episode that happened. The Van Allen belts, for those who don't know, are uh, donut-shaped uh, beams, uh, sorry, streams of energy that surround the Earth. Van Allen, the, the scientists discovered in 1957 that Earth is surrounded by this powerful radiation belt. And he said, there's no way we can go through that. It's far too high. In fact, his um, uh, Geiger counters that he sent up suddenly dropped to zero because the radiations were so high that they did not hit the scale, they were off the scale. Um, of course, when the time came to go to the moon, suddenly the radiation problem suddenly ceased to exist. Not only was there was no mention of the problem of going through the belts, but in fact, they decided to send Apollo 8 straight to the moon without even ever sending a, a, a monkey fur to the Van Allen belt. I mean, you would think that you know it is so dangerous, 
that before you send a human, you would send a monkey and see if he can make if he makes. No, they did not. They chose not to. They sent these three astronauts, um, Borman, Lovell, and I don't know the other one from Apollo 8, straight out to the moon and back without even testing that before. And uh, not only that, but there's no mention in, the, in their conversation. I mean, you would expect that when these guys are approaching the Van Allen belts for the first time in history of humankind, they would be at least thinking about it, talking about it, worried about it and saying maybe I'm not feeling anything, everything is fine. No, they don't. There is no mention of that. And the anecdote I wanted to mention that is really incredible is again, Bart Sibrell uh, interviewed uh, these astronauts that allegedly went to the moon and he asked Alan Bean, uh, who allegedly walked on uh, the second trip to the moon, Apollo 12, he said, um, any ill effects from going through the Van Allen belts? And Alan Bean very candidly says, uh, the Van Allen belts? Uh, I don't think we went that high to go through them. In other words, he does not even know where they are. This is on mm -hmm. film. You can find it on, on, on his film. It's called, uh, I think it's called Astronauts Gone Wild. It's an incredible and very revealing piece of uh, work by Bart Brown. And uh, by that itself, you know that this guy has not only has never been there, he has no idea where they are. So, yes. Now, of course, uh, just to conclude this, this the, the, the issue of the Penalum Belt, we were told okay, that the Apollo missions went through it, there was no problem. And we were told that, no, 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 there's no radiation really. All the radiation is like taking like three chest x-rays in a year or so, it's really nothing. But again, now that they want to go again, or for the first time, out from lower orbit and through the Van Allen belts again, suddenly there are problems. And suddenly you have NASA people saying, we have to study these belts carefully because they're very dangerous for human species. So one wonders, you know, how could we go through in 1968, mm -hmm. 69, and now it's become a problem again. Obviously, I mean, my conclusion is that we were lied uh, about 1969. So Ben Allen was right. Those who want to go through today and want to be careful about it are right. And in 69, there was simply a suspension of the problem so that we could allow the lie to go through. Okay, Massimo, let's take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Massimo Mazzucco, filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist. We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers Radio. Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 800-430-4147 One more time, 800-430-4147 This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. 
That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Massimo Mazzucco. He's a film writer or filmmaker, screenwriter, and journalist, and we're discussing his latest project, American Moon Documentary. So, Massimo, I, I did a little bit of research, and NASA was, um, I believe, created in the late 50s. We go to the moon in the late 60s. Do you think NASA was primarily created for this moon hoax from the beginning and then used? I mean, it's definitely served their purpose since, like you said, to siphon off money. Uh, I, yes, to the last part of your question, it was certainly used to siphon off money. No, to the first part, no, it was not created for this purpose. But I think NASA is really a, a civilian front to what is really a military organization. I mean, space, the, the control of space became the real issue after World War II. Uh, as you know, uh, after the Germans were defeated, after the Nazis were defeated, uh, the Russians took all the rocket technology from them, while the United States took the scientists, most of the scientists, von Braun among them. The race to the space was really a matter of controlling space in terms of military terms. In fact, I have found in the Kennedy Library some of the recordings that have now been, um, I'm sorry, how do you say it? It's, uh, when something is made public, it was covered before, it was a secret before. Uh, anyway, that word, <laughs> I don't have the word. Uh, some recordings from uh, the Kennedy Library, and you hear a conversation with uh, James E. Webb, who was the NASA director at the time, and Kennedy basically says, sir, do we really need to do this, which really amounts to a stunt, a big stunt, when in fact our problem is the military control of space. So from that you can easily understand how the, the NASA was not created for the moon hoax, but it certainly served the purpose, as you said. And once the problem of going to the moon or pretending to go to the moon became real, it was certainly a perfect means to siphon off a lot of money from the citizens' uh, pockets. What do you want people to walk away with when they've seen this film? What's the, what is the most important thing to you that resonates with them? That they understand that we were lied to and that they can draw their own conclusions from that. Do we want to trust our governments every time again in the future? Do we want to be a little more careful about what we're being told? Because the big lies have a very, very specific quality. There's one quote from uh, Marshall McLuhan, which I like to quote uh, often. Um, he said, small secrets are the hardest one to keep. 
for the biggest secrets, people's incredulity will always be sufficient. In other words, we have to learn that just because the lie seems too big to be true, it still can be a lie. It's same is for September 11. Uh, I have a lot of people who are un intellectually honest people, and when presented with the idea of 9-11 being an inside job, they react like, oh, come on, this is too big. Americans would never do this to themselves. It's true. Americans, as the American people, the average American person, would not, this, uh, would not do this to himself or to any one of his countrymen. But those who are in power are not exactly just average Americans. These are border psychopaths, I believe. And to them, power and this kind of achievements are, are, uh, must be obtained at any cost. So we must learn how their minds operate in order for them not to misuse our own minds. This is my, my main message, if I could convey one. Is it true that NASA has lost some of their supposed, what they call their original footage or some original photographs of that yes. mission? Yes. Uh, it is true, and they themselves admitted to it, uh, which is, if anybody wants to believe that, the original tape that contained the first ever uh, moonwalk by Neil Armstrong and uh, Aldrin on the moon has been lost. And, of course, we are told that we have great copies available, so there's nothing to worry about. There's only one problem, that if you go and check the original, you could still check whether, for example, the sound delay between the Earth and the Moon is correct or not. Now, suppose that in that taking the first transmission, they made some mistake in the delay. You have too short of a delay in the sound of uh, the conversations going back and forth then you would be able to tell that they were in the studio and they were going on the moon. By losing, quote-unquote, the first original tape, that can give you uh, a duplicate in which, of course, the audio has been uh, rearranged and medicated and corrected properly. So there's a very important reason for, um, for them to lose this tape, while it is absolutely not believable. I mean, that tape, uh, the, the actual, the original, the official excuse is even more preposterous. They tell that it was not lost, it was taped over. Like he wouldn't have a, a, a special protection on that tape, and somebody just taped over to, because they need it for something else. <laughs> because, so, I mean, come on, you know, it, that is enough to tell me that there's something really important. And that's, by the way, that's not the only way that has been, quote unquote, lost. All the actual technical drawings from the LAMP, the lunar module, have been lost so that we cannot really verify whether that machine was able to fly to the moon or not anymore. Would you actually believe that somebody who's, uh, this was uh, Grunman, Grunman Corporation, who built, I think it was Grunman, um, who built the first ever machine who went to the moon would not keep their own technical drawings and, and detailed plans of how the machine was built? They, and the excuse again is so lame that it's ridiculous. We threw it away because we needed space. Okay, so this corporation gets rid of the original drawings from the LEM because they don't have enough space to keep them. When they give you excuses like that, it's obvious that they need to add something, to hide something, and something very important, obviously. Mm -hmm. So what, why don't you tell the listeners how they can get your DVDs, you know, uh, tell us your website, how they can find out more about you, and then why don't you just uh, leave the listeners with your closing thoughts today, what you'd like them to walk away with. If you allow me, I would like to 
ask. Uh, uh, I, I want uh, your listeners to know that I have a. a I open a GoFundMe page. I need some support to complete this film because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a rich person and I need to travel a lot to go and interview all the photographers around the world that will give me those interviews. And uh, I opened up a GoFundMe page where actually I have a, a six-minute uh, video presentation of the project, and I explain in detail exactly what I'm doing. So if anybody wants to take the time to go, the address is uh, gofundme.com slash American Moon. One word and uh, all lower, lower letters, American Moon. So gofundme.com slash American Moon. You can find my video, you can listen to it, and then you can decide if you want to help me put together some of the funds for the films. Uh, my other DVDs are available, as I said, you can watch them all for free on the internet. The titles are September 11, The New Pearl Harbor, Cancer, The Forbidden Cures, Marijuana, The True History of Marijuana, and uh, The New American Century. I also made one about uh, the, the, Kennedy, the, the Robert Kennedy assassination called The Second Dallas. They're all available for free or on my website. You can find the DVD. The website is called luavocomuna.net. Of course, when I chose this, this name, I never thought I would be spelling it for an American audience. It's a little too long. I'll spell it uh, slowly, but for you, L-U-O-G-O-C-O-M-U-N-E dot net, luogocomune.net. And there you have all the information needed. You can contact me, and I'm available also to reply and to answer any questions that are that one somebody wants to ask me about uh, this project or the other ones. My final thoughts are that Thank God radios like yours exist because uh, the circulation for free, really free information is more important than any given single truth. The fact that uh, the mainstream media is so singly tuned on the same song at all times makes it absolutely indispensable for people like you and your radio and your network to exist. And again, all the support that can be given to people like you, I would encourage to to do that because it's absolutely necessary for the survival of our own free mind. Okay, Massimo, we want to invite you back again to talk about some of your other films. Listeners, today my guest has been Massimo Mazzucco, filmmaker, screenwriter, journalist. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Until next week, God bless.